Welcome to the Chamber Voice of Business Podcast. I am Steve Cox with the Rogers Lowell Chamber, joined as always with my co-host, Nick Smith. Nick, how's it going today? It's going great today, Steve. Outside of the weather being, you know, a little up it, and It's got to make up week. its mind, doesn't exactly. it? Yeah. Like, I'm on day four of a migraine from this the rapid changes in barometric pressure. And my so. knees are making me feel like a 70-year-old, <laughs> so I'm right there with you. There we go. There we go. Well, uh, hey, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Okay. We still don't have a sponsor, so this is where that would go <laughs> if we were to have a sponsor for this. We're growing the audience. We're getting bigger. What'd you say? Three hundred percent increase in subscribers uh, yeah, since the start of the new year. We've so. had a, I think it's actually a three hundred thirty percent now increase in subscribers, especially on our YouTube channel and our uh, Spotify. But yes, we've had some great uh, follower growth, some good numbers from the first few episodes. So sponsors, you know, it, yeah. this is prime this opportunity. Is a, this is a right chance. Here. This is a chance. We're gonna keep. I told you, I'm gonna do it every episode till we get one. I'm not. not I, I will. I will stick to that. I'm very. Very stubborn. So uh, we have a great topic that we're going to be talking about today. W- with This show drops on March 8th, which is International Women's Day. <laughs> and so happy International Women's Day to those of you listening on March 8th. And we're also in Women's History Month, which is the month of March. So uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce our wonderful panelist of our three lovely female co-workers uh, here at the Rogers Lowell <laughs> Chamber and uh, talk about what's in the news. Then we'll get going. First, we've got Maggie Matushka, our special events coordinator, joining us again today. Maggie, thank you for coming back we didn't scare you away thanks for having me nick that's and great Steve. yeah no thank you oh, i'm fine being an afterthought it's cool <laughs> <laughs> we also have skylar rutherford joining us again our marketing communications specialist uh, thank you for coming back again skylar mm-hmm. happy to be here and her first time joining us today longtime listener first time participant there meredith Alvarez, <laughs> our customer relations specialist anyone who comes to the chamber sees meredith every single day working downstairs having to put up with the rest of us so thank you for joining us today meredith yeah. Very excited to be here. We're very pumped this week. We've had all sorts of stuff in the news. Uh, trying to keep it fairly lighthearted today. In terms of around Northwest Arkansas, we're getting a Jack in the Box. Big I, news that I came got out of nowhere so this many week. calls on that thing. Like <laughs> uh, the news, like Channel Five called and was like, "What can you tell me?" I'm like, "Nothing," because it's not my. J- I can't say what the until the company says something more. Cool. Yes, exactly. We are also getting an Alamo Draft House uh, drive-in. It's going to be their first full-time yes. drive-in area. That's going into Fayetteville. That's replacing. The, the 112 drive that's in right, right yeah. there by Sam's Club. Uh, yeah. And it's going to have like a multifamily unit that's down there and stuff like that. Density I- and mixed use, man. You're singing my language. That's going to be great. Uh, we also had a bit of uh, lighthearted news coming out of the legislature this week. And the annual Arkansas House versus Senate basketball game was played, which raised money for Big Brothers Big Sisters of Arkansas, raised over $25,000 wow. for Big Brothers Big Sisters. That's so such it's a nice great organization, to, uh, too. We also had a uh, little bit of chamber news this week. The uh, Walton Family Foundation helped us out and uh, did a great presentation at our Spotlight series, which took place this week, talking about some of the uh, developments that the Walton Family Foundation is involved in. Steve, I want to uh, ask you real quick on yeah. that. You kind of spearhead that event. You want to give us some details? Yeah, it's part of our Spotlight series, which is a quarterly event that we uh, shine a spotlight on an issue or issues uh, in Northwest Arkansas. So we got to talk with uh, Robert Burns. He is the area director, home region director uh, of programming for the Walton Family Foundation. So it was really good to have him come. It, it was a two hour program. He talked about their three key initiatives that they're working on right now, education and workforce, workforce housing, 
and also transportation and infrastructure. And so uh, you can read the the mission memo uh, where we did a little bit more of a breakdown about that. But what I thought was really cool is he talked for about 30 minutes and then he just took questions for the next 90 yeah. and Perfect. just had a great discussion with everybody in there. So so really want to thank Robert Burns uh, and the Walton Family Foundation for, for helping us out. And a sneak peek of quarter two, we're going to be talking about health care in Northwest Arkansas with Mercy, Northwest Health, and the Alice Walton Whole Health Institute. Fantastic. That's great news. Anyone who wants more information, I encourage you to reach out to the Walton Family Foundation. They've got a lot of great info, uh, great things out there. And of course, you uh, heard from Steve talking about some of the workforce development stuff. Anytime you guys have questions about that, the Chamber's always here to answer your questions. Steve has got a lot of background dealing with some of that stuff and knows pretty much all of the programming that's happening on a quarter-by-quarter basis when it comes to that, because we know those are top of mind for for many people. (laughs) I'm going to toss it back to you, Steve, to do our topic introduction today. And of course, we're going to be very careful with this, too, because it is Women's History Month, and we're not women. Yes, I I appreciate you tossing it to me so I get to be the one to mansplain (laughs) Women's History Month to uh, to our guest here. International Women's Day uh, was first commemorated on March 8th in 1911, and starting in 1995, every U.S. president has marked March as Women's History Month. So while the right to vote is a common topic of discussion when examining women's history, there are so much more things that are out there, perspectives, accomplishments that we need to be taking a look at, you know, literature, contributions to the arts, scientific communities. I mean, there's so many things that women are doing, business leaders, you know, we, we have Shelly Simpson, president of J.B. Hunt, a Fortune mm-hmm. 500 company, coming to talk at our annual celebration on, right. on April 6th, shameless plug. So, uh, <laughs> but, you know, today, today, as you said, you know, we, we, are, uh, we are two men, but we do have the privilege of hearing from three of our female co-workers on the importance of celebrating women's accomplishments. Uh, so, yeah, so here we are on the Voice of Business podcast uh, talking about Women's History Month and International Women's Day. So, mansplain done. That was great. You said a lot into just, I think, about 45 seconds there. That was perfect. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, many points of the suffrage movement beginning in 1865, culminated with the 19th Amendment in 1919 as a major stepping point for women's rights in the U.S. Notably, Arkansas was actually home to the first woman elected to the U.S. Senate in Hattie Wyatt Carraway in 1932. That wow. was actually something uh, I, I learned in doing some of the background for this uh, episode. Less than 100 years later, we have women leading Fortune 500 companies. We also have our uh, first female vice president of the United States. Uh, again, all of that just in the last 100 years. So I'm going to flip this over to the panel and... I'm just going to ask you all, when you reflect on all of this happening in terms of women's rights in just 90 years, what stands out to you personally? Maggie? Yeah, I'll go first. So I would say we've come a long way from the days of women being viewed as property. But even when I was growing up, I think that there was still this thread of some professions are for boys and Mm -hmm. some are for girls. Absolutely. And, you know, girls are good at English and boys are good at science and math. And I see that cultural shift now to where Mm -hmm. my daughter is not going to experience that. If she gets a job as an electrician or in the STEM field, that's going to be completely normal to her and her generation. And I'm kind of jealous of them for that. (laughs) And I'm really excited for that. Are you saying you wouldn't be here at the chamber if you had other opportunities? Um, Absolutely not. But I might have done better in science class if I hadn't gone into it thinking yeah. I'm not going to be good at science. Mm-hmm. I'm a girl. Right. Yeah. That Just that, that stigma that kind of yeah. gets built in, the unconscious bias that comes in that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Skylar, what about you? What do you think? I think the Rosie the Riveter gals of the world. It was a pretty pivotal moment for women, I think. 
as all the men left for the draft and to go into the war, women really stepped up and joined together to keep the work flowing and to enter the workforce. And that was uncharted territory at that point. And there was a group of women called the Wasps, which is not the typical... White, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants? No, it's not <laughs> yeah. that way. It's not that. That's no, what, it's, yes. yes. But for those that weren't familiar, what the other term could have yes. been. Yes. And uh, they were called the Women Air Force Service Pilots. These were civilian women. Um, they took on all of the piloting needs for America at that time. And it's just a big deal. And I don't think that was a common field for women to go into at that time. And, you know, they were like, oh, we're going to fly planes. Well, we got to do it. Let's do it, you know. And so I think it's really pivotal and empowering for women at that time. And I think it changed the future for women. Meredith, you actually are one of the few people in our office who is not a part of millennial gen x or boomer you're actually bringing in the next generation mm -hmm. when we talk about gen z and so you kind of have the top-down approach of seeing all of this stuff you know when we say the last 90 years you were the one who really got to learn about the last 90 <laughs> years uh from the, yeah. the ground up what stands out to you I think what stands out to me, especially since you guys said personally, would be being a Latina, being able to work in this community since we're growing so much, mm -hmm. especially in this area. Oh, yeah. Touching back on what Maggie said, having different jobs and men, men and women being having different titles, I guess you would mm -hmm. say that has changed here. But I have also noticed it hasn't changed as much from where my family's from, like in mm. Mexico City and stuff. So I feel like it depends on the area where you're at. But mm -hmm. being able to say that I'm Hispanic here in this community, being able to do stuff that my ancestors or people in my family currently aren't able to do, I think it's successful and uh, it's a good representation for women. Well, oh, yeah. kind of breaking that cycle, you know, yeah. like you're, you're moving forward that next, you know, it's it's truly the dream for your children to have a better life than yourself. And, you know, you're, you're a living embodiment of that. And that's yes. fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you when you talk about that stuff, like with your family, the fact that you've got these opportunities and you mentioned, you know, like to them, did they see you as having those opportunities when you you set out? Or is that something that you're kind of excited to bring to your family like expand on that a little bit that's pretty neat yeah yeah um definitely my my parents were my biggest cheerleaders they're happy for me they're excited that I have an older sister as well so seeing both of us out here just being a part of the community and us being able to participate and not be a bystander they're mm -hmm. excited mm -hmm. for us there you that. go yeah that's no, very like powerful that. that's real yeah. powerful yeah you know when we start to reflect on some of those impactful moments throughout history I also feel like it can sometimes be overshadowed by some of the modern issues, or excuse me, they can overshadow some of the modern issues that women face as well. So we've talked about, for instance, some of the uh, gender stereotypes and gender stereotyping that comes into like finding jobs, picking jobs, things like that, and then having to fight for equal pay or, or expectations. But there's a bunch of stuff that women have to deal with. I'm married. My wife has talked to me about this. I should also point out that I'm not trying to just, you know, throw this out there. Right. <laughs> but in conversations with you all in the office, as well as in developing some of the questions I just wanted to uh, learn more about, there are issues that you all are facing that just, quite frankly, men are clueless about. And so I wanted to, to let you all kind of open the door for that. We're talking about things like body image and body dysmorphia, gender role stereotypes, mom mm -hmm. guilt, I'm, you know, is a, is a big one I'm sure that you have to mm -hmm. deal with. Uh, why is it important for everyone, not just women, to be aware of such terms and ideas? And how do you encourage healthy conversations around those items, especially in the workplace? 
Let me go first. Okay. Because of this mom guilt thing. (laughs) Mom guilt is so real and it is so debilitating sometimes and it takes so many different forms. So I just saw a TikTok actually yesterday about a woman saying, why are dad bods more acceptable socially than mom bods when we are the ones that carried the kids and and that's so true and that really resonated Mm. with me but I see that in so many aspects of things like when Tom is at the park with Tom is my husband when he is at the park (laughs) with (laughs) our baby (laughs) (laughs) sorry Tom Matushka the third one (laughs) so but when he's at the park when he's at the store everybody's like oh you're such a good dad and you're doing amazing and if he takes PTO because she's sick you know everybody's like oh you're awesome what a good dad but when I do those the same things it's like did you remember to do this for her hey her shoes are untied did you notice should you be letting her go down the slide like that and it is just never ending it's a very low bar for men easily speaking as a man yeah no you we definitely benefit from from that and Mm -hmm. The mom guilt aspect, I think, especially from a workplace standpoint, I feel like is huge because that, that's something that, that my wife and I have talked about. Like anytime one of our kids got sick, my wife always felt guilty because she's a teacher. So it's a lot harder for her to try mm-hmm. and drop everything to go do that. And mm-hmm. so she felt bad if, you know, I would have to do the stuff that you're talking about. If I had to go pick up our kids, I never thought anything of it. It's not a have to, in, in no, our opinion. And it's, yeah. right. it's easier for me to do that, because let's face it, writing a newsletter for somebody is not as important <laughs> as tutoring the next generation. You yeah. know, like that's right. something yeah. that I was I was happy to kind of to, to go help out with. And, and yeah, she feels the guilt from the same perspective. And, and there are so many shades of that guilt, whether it be like, I have to drop my kid off at daycare. And Leaving them, you know, someone else is going to raise your kid for you. We heard that how yes. many times? Oh, yeah. So many times uh, I've heard that. You know, to, uh, I've also heard the flip side of that. Like for, for women who stay at home or take a longer period of time like that, oh, well, your child's not going to get as socialized as everybody else's because they're in daycare of meeting all these people. And yours, you know, Timmy Jr.'s just sitting at home you know, trying to learn from mom and Bluey. And that's about it. <laughs> oh, Bluey. And Bluey's such a good teacher, though. <laughs> Oh, yes. Bluey is a great... I love how Skylar without the child is yeah. like, I love Bluey. <laughs> I, I learned what Bluey was at my kids' school's trivia night. They had a whole category on it. Oh, and I Finley and I are just like, I, I got no idea what they're talking about. Bring like, me we, next we, time. We went 0 for 10 on that one. Well, and, and so there's there's all of that stuff there. But I also feel like uh, woman guilt in general is probably a big thing. Skylar, you don't have kids like we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. But talk to us before about uh, just all the crazy expectations that you've met as a woman in a professional field, especially one that's a creative field, which sometimes is seen as a more progressive field, but has just as many stereotypes and things that are in and around it. You want to expound a little bit more on some of those that, that you've come across or things that stand out in your mind that just are not talked enough about in terms of women's advancement? Well, when I went to college, I knew, well, I did a campus tour of Arkansas Tech Go under boys. And <laughs> um, I figured out, you know, I really love to make art and I wanted to monetize that and uh, be able to have like, uh, I'm very career oriented. I want to um, advance my career. It's really important to me. And that's part of the reason why I have uh, chosen not to have children at this time. Um, I plan to in the future, just not right now. And um, you don't have to justify that. Like, that's right, exactly. Steve. No, that's it's, right. But that yeah. plays Live your life to yeah. the guilt. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. The I fact mean, that you feel like you have exactly. to justify that, but at the same point in time, you're like, no, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. It, it, 
You can yeah. just hear it. Yeah, and I have to defend myself. That was an unconscious yes. justification. Yes, it really yeah. was. What a moment. But yeah, I mean, I have to defend myself almost on a daily basis with strangers. Mm-hmm. Why don't you have kids yet? You know, they have no idea what my background is. They don't have any idea who I, they don't even know my last name. And people will say things like that, you know. What are you waiting for? And uh, if you wait till you're ready, you'll never be ready. And so, and it's, I always get a weird look when I'm like, I'm just trying to get my career where I want it first. You know, it's, it's really important to me. And Dylan and I made that decision together. And uh, Dylan's my husband. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got to plug the husbands. Yeah. How do they keep doing this? So, yeah. Um, so when I told or when I found out I want to, you know, go into graphic design for college, that's what I want to do. My dad said, Skylar, do not do that. <laughs> I said, Dad. And he's like, you need to be a nurse or work in the medical field. And oh. I said, Father, no. <laughs> Father. I said, I cannot because I can't do blood. I will faint. And so there's no way I could make it. There's no way. And I just knew where my heart was. And so I just followed that. And uh, I won an art contest. And so I got to go to grad school for free. Um, the opportunity was there and it was really great experience. And um, where I was going with this was um, my classes were full of boys there was not very many girls in Mm -hmm. there and I you know I never expected that and when I looked around you know I was like wow you know I'm I'm not I'm the minority here and I kind of stand out because I was really I'm really I was a cheerleader I was in a sorority I'm into glitter and rainbows and these guys were into (laughs) um you know like Marvel and they were really into comics and you know it was a lot of anime I'm sure yeah a lot of anime (laughs) and a lot of wonderful creative minds and um it was just funny how we could really like we got along so well and we could we could all enjoy being together even though we were so different but anyways, it was interesting to see. Eye-opening. Yeah, eye-opening mm-hmm. to see that I was in the minority and not expecting that. So. And so you you kind of, it sounds like it was a periodic reminder. that Because yeah. you, you had it when you started applying to colleges and, and you knew what you liked. But then like family says, you know, are yeah. you sure? Mm-hmm. Then you get into the program, you're surrounded by a bunch of dudes. Are you sure? Yeah. Go into the grad school area and whatnot. You win a contest. You you keep getting positive signals that, yeah, this is probably where I should be. Yes. And you're still having to remind yourself, yeah, I'm good here. Yeah. And I mean, that was an internal battle I had to fight. And um, I'm glad I did. Thankful I did. Um, And my dad always, he never put in my head, my mom never put in my head that you're a girl, so you can't do X, Y, and Z. They never, you know, they guarded me from that pretty heavily, which I was thankful for because that never let me have um, a crutch or a reason to say, oh, I'm a girl and I'm, I can't do that, you know? So I was thankful for that. Meredith, when you look at some of the things that, that, you know, we're talking about here, especially as someone who you deal with people day in and day out. I mean, you've got, uh, we've tried to tally them before how many folks come in through the front door <laughs> downstairs of the chamber. I filled in for one hour and I yeah. needed a nap <laughs> yeah. the other day, like for real. Mm-hmm. So you, you uh, get to see and meet all kinds with all different backgrounds. And at the same token, you get to, to witness all sorts of different reactions to folks when you're telling them about things around town or, or stuff they should do on their visit and, and all that. What kind of stuff have you noticed when it comes to, as a woman, dealing with different people, different generations, different groups, different cultural backgrounds? I mean, what is there anything that stands out? Is there anything that you've, you've kind of learned in that process? Yeah, I think one of the biggest ones is probably physical appearance, women's physical appearance. Mm. Um, not necessarily how you look, but how you present yourself, 
Like, I know there is this lady that comes in. I'm not going to say her name, but she's always good. dressed really, really good. And she has her makeup done and her hair done. And then she's really sweet. She talks to everyone. Um, one day she walked in. She had her daughter with her. She just had a T-shirt on, jeans. And there was someone else there. And they just kept turning and looking at her. And it was a man. And he just kept looking at her. And I know she's really nice and stuff. And when she walked out, he's like, she could have dressed herself up a little nicer. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, you don't know. Yeah. Like, maybe it's her day off and she doesn't want to dress up nice. And she's just hanging out with her daughter. Like, I think people have to keep in mind, like, women have lives. Like, they don't always yeah. have to wear makeup and dress <laughs> up and yeah. look how you want them to look. Like, Maggie and I, we have little kids. We're cleaning around the house. We're playing with them outside. We're not going to look 100% all the time. Yes. Um, well, why, why is that the expectation? Mm-hmm. Me personally, I've always had that question mark. I feel like I'm just a little weird and out there in general. Like most of my friends, the art people you were talking about, that those those were the groups that I hung with. You know, <laughs> I, growing love up. Them. Uh, I love them. And so like artists are generally eccentric. So like yeah. I always just kind of let that slide off my back. I worked at a fraternity and sorority office for a while. So I got to see all sorts of different backgrounds there. And so like, for me, I never really had that corporate expectation of like expecting, well, appearances in general of being a certain way. So yeah, especially when I got here, the joke used to be like, I needed a, a wardrobe stipend when I got here. Cause I was used to wearing cargo shorts. Yeah. And t-shirts. <laughs> so now I had to wear big boy pants. I remember I came, that. Yeah. Came to work. <laughs> so like that was new for me. The fact that there's, like, even just in general life, not even in work. Like, you're talking about just a woman coming in to, to you know, check things out and then walking back out on her day off. <laughs> just some dude being like, why is she dressed not to the night? Like a person. Yeah. yeah. Stranger. <laughs> like, that's that, that dude, was pro- he was probably wearing level. cargo shorts and a ratty t-shirt, <laughs> right. too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a level of societal expectation that I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. nuts absolutely nuts to me what the common thread is i think between what all three of us just said is like the presumption frequently that we face with people questioning us and our decisions Mm -hmm. as mothers as women in the workplace as students becoming in to people who we're going to be for our careers that frequently men don't have to face there's always a question of do you know what you're doing yeah you know there is obviously that pressure is there meredith you might you know being the youngest here you've had social media you've had the internet your entire life where you know some of us at the table uh as the oldest at the table i can say i did not do you think that social media and obviously obviously there's always been pressure in media with supermodels and Mm -hmm. vogue magazine and stuff like that but do you think social media tiktok instagram is helping or hurting that situation in terms of a term of body positivity and you know that that societal expectation of always looking your best or you know have to always be what, what was that term the kids used to say on fleek <laughs> yeah i think it it depends i think it can do both i know i'm on tiktok a lot so mm-hmm. i know people are there supporting women and everyone's being like oh yeah you look great or oh where'd you get that that's really cute like i want to get one for myself Um, But there's also that side where, like, if you post a picture on Instagram where, like I said, you're just have your hair up in a bun or something, um, people will comment rude things or be Mm -hmm. like, why don't you look like this person that I just saw, like, on the post above you? Right. And I feel like they also use it 
because they know you can't see them and it's not a face-to-face thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just it makes it easier for them. A- anonymity makes the most cowardly people brave. Yeah, Keyboard which yeah. also like and also for the positive way. I may see you at school every day. And you don't talk to me, but here you have the courage to tell me like, oh, you look really good. Like, yeah, I want to look like that. Yeah. So I think it does both. Well, and I'd be curious to know, there have been a lot of like body positivity campaigns that I've seen that have kind of started over the last few years. And, and yeah. I'd be curious to know how bolstered those would have been without social media as well. Like, because I do feel like those have gotten some reach. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, of... social media is a two-edged sword. Like, it can yeah. it can do a lot of good, but it can do a lot of harm. Well, yeah, and that wasn't time. me trying to defend social yeah, oh, media. Oh, no, I wasn't either. taking that away at all. Uh, like, I'd just be curious to know how much of that is there. But I'm but sure also, there's studies out there about it. You know, I just want to piggyback off of what Maggie said and say, like, as a guy, uh, I think a lot of guys try to say they're on, they're an advocate for women or they're an advocate for anything. I'm an ally. Uh, or an ally. <laughs> and speaking from like a place of privilege, I feel like just inherently, it, just shut up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's because I'm learning stuff here or, or not necessarily learning, but definitely being reminded of things that I just don't have to think about mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And if for anyone who's listening in general, to these kinds of things try to just like pipe down for a bit maybe ask some of the people especially the women in your life like how they're doing and make sure they know that there are certain things that they probably think you expect that you don't Mm -hmm. like i know i don't tell my wife enough like if she looks gorgeous and i'm thankful that she's there regardless of whether she's dressed to the nines or Mm -hmm. in sweatpants chasing our children around the living room you know like you know be honest she's chasing you too (laughs) yeah that this is very true but like you know that's something that that to me is just it always is eye-opening when when i hear stuff like that and you know so yeah i apologize on behalf of all of the dudes (laughs) in this office and out that don't tell you all enough thanks for putting up with us that's that's another question that i I would have for you all i mean do you feel like there is that judgment from co-workers here do you feel like you are accepted for who you are like i know you know maggie you've had to leave to go take care of your kid and you know not i have to do it all the time Mm -hmm. and not once have i been like oh where's maggie you know i can't believe she's not here like (laughs) no this i can say coming into this job you can see even in the short amount of time that I've been here, that there has been such an intentional emphasis on positive workplace culture and communication. And I feel that I have never felt judged in this workplace for taking care of my kid. I have felt it, in fact, the exact opposite, very supported by both the leadership and my peers in this role so much. And I know that it's not the same for everyone, but I feel very fortunate to be with these people, with all of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I realized as I was asking that question, this could get really ugly real quick. <laughs> Steve, Steve, this is why we write questions down ahead of time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> as Maggie turns the microphone away, let yeah. me tell you something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so looking at that you know we're we've speaking of written down questions um <laughs> we've talked a little bit about the stuff that has come before us and obviously this is something that is ever evolving i mean something that i wanted to point out i found a great quote abigail adams first lady with john adams one of our our first presidents um Second, Second president, he, yes. excuse me, uh, of the United States. She had a great quote. This was a, a plea to her husband uh, when he went to the Continental Congress as they were they were writing things down. So this is all the way back uh, in 1776. She said, remember the ladies and be more generous and favorable to them than your ancestors. Do not put such unlimited power into the hands of the husbands. Remember, all men would be tyrants if they could. 
If particular care and attention is not paid to the ladies, we are determined to foment a rebellion and will not hold ourselves bound by any laws in which we have no voice or representation. Mm -hmm. That was March 31st, 1776. That is like the most American thing I've ever heard. <laughs> right. Can you imagine how bold that was, though, for and her yeah. to say then, that? Like when yeah. literal women were literal property yes. at that point. Yeah. Yep. Wow. And what I think is great about that, but at the very same time disconcerting is... It's like, yeah, we've come a long way from there. But at the same point in time, man, I could see my wife saying something like that today. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so still work to do, still work yep. to do. And with that as a preface, what is something that you three hope to see in the next 90 years? I'll go first. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe a little bit more Sorry, personal. Guys. Like, Maggie, you have a daughter. What world do you want your daughter to grow up in? Yeah. yeah thank you, Steve. I really want to see increased access to healthy amounts of maternity leave. Because mm -hmm. um, I just think about like, I had no idea going into pregnancy what recovery was going to look like and that that's basically surgery and it's really intense. Um, and so I would really hope to see in the future more acceptance socially of maternity leave in general, but just yeah. increased access to a healthy amount of maternity leave so that mothers and daughters and sons and our future generation and our future workforce have the absolute best beginnings. Yeah, I think that goes for men, too. I think that paternity mm -hmm. leave is important. Um, these women, you know, I've never had children, but Maggie and Meredith have both have children, had children. And it's, uh, you know, I have no idea what that's like. But, you know, you said it's like having surgery. Right. You can't take care of an infant after having surgery by yourself, you know. I mean, you can, but it's hard. I mean, think about how much you would need your husband there. And a lot of places don't even give paternity leave to men, like zero. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, so I'm just going to piggyback off what you said. I think that maternity leave um, is making strides. Um, a lot of people this past year have rethought that, reworked that, and I think that we're on our way. <laughs> so I just right. hope to see that continue. Yeah, you definitely see it. Uh, I think the, the key phrase that I liked from that was a healthy amount. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. healthy. Definitely yeah. something that I think needs to be put and in there. And that's different for everybody. Everybody, yeah. like some, yeah. right. some women might be able to come back after six weeks. Some mm -hmm. might take longer. You know, yeah. it's all about health and that's yeah. what really matters. Mm -hmm. Every sure. birth is different. What about yep. you, Meredith? Um, I also agree with Maggie. So I'm a single mom. And so I feel like I didn't get that much time with my kid. And then being here at work, eight to five, I get what, four hours before I have to go to sleep with my kid mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. wake up and leave him there with my mom. So I feel like um, that would be a good thing. I would really like that. Even mm -hmm. if you're not, if you didn't have like a C-section or something, just at least two or three more weeks would be nice. Yep. On top of maternity leave, when it comes to like women in the workplace, you know, and, and some of your everyday dealings and things like that, we've seen a lot of strides, probably more here recently in the advent of like Me Too and things like that in terms of expansions of HR programs and things of that nature. Is there anything else in terms of just like professional life day to day not just uh around maternity leave that you all would hope to see in the future i mean anything that you all just think would be great to add to like a professional setting yeah i think looking at like shelly simpson more women in high paying high uh expectation leadership roles yeah whether or not that's in the corporate world the academic world um in public service i mean i would love to see more women in leadership period yeah um and we're seeing a lot of that mm -hmm. now i don't know the statistics about how far we've come but i know just looking around in a room and yeah. <laughs> where those kind of lie right now um 
but yeah, I think we do have a lot of strides to make there and I hope to see that change in the future. Yeah, for sure. I would like to add on to that. Um, we also need to keep in mind, um, not to just have a token woman. Um, you know what I mean? It needs to be somebody who has, who, you know, works hard and someone who is good for the role, fits the role. You can't just put them there because this is a woman and we want to make the news for first woman in this position ever sort of thing. So, um, and that's a call for women too, to just, you know, keep yourself humble, stay humble and don't put yourself in a position where people uh, don't want to be managed by you. Um, Mm -hmm. Because a lot of women in leadership, not a lot, but there are women and men in leadership that um, can be a bit, you know, entitled and, Natalie Bartholomew, love her. Um, she was in a, <laughs> she led a, one of our luncheons for Hustle and Heels recently. A sold and, out yeah, Hustle and Heels. Yeah. yeah. Join us. Some, some listeners might know her better as, as the, the girl banker. Yeah, the girl yes. Banker. She, yeah. That's a, a great brand of hers. She has mm-hmm. a podcast as well. Shout out to her. But yeah. Yeah. She's awesome. Um, so she, part of her presentation was uh, Don't Be a Queen Bee. And that was just a call for women to say, um, look at yourself, how you manage your employees, if you are in leadership currently or you're aspiring, and always just be aware of how you can be better, how you can be a good leader. So, what I like, what I took away from what, what she said, mm-hmm. um, specifically at that one, was she talked about how, especially for women in leadership roles, if you do get through that glass ceiling, if yeah. you do get to that, don't be like, well, I had to struggle, yeah. so everyone behind me has to struggle. Yes, yeah. Re- be a ha- reach a hand down, like you know, help mm-hmm. people get to where you are, lift people up. And and something she said that struck me um, was she talked about you know a lot of times some of the harshest criticism well, about women come from other women. Yeah. So yes. to to be building each other up as opposed to tearing down, and I thought that was a very powerful message that that I yes. as a man took away from that, like. Yeah, like I need I need to be extra supportive because I I thought it was coming from just one side, but it's yeah, not. Like yeah. you guys are getting it from all angles. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add? Yeah, I would say um, don't be afraid. Like bouncing off of what Skylar said earlier, she stood up to her dad and was like, "No, I don't want to do what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do what I want mm-hmm. and what is interesting to me." So I yeah. feel like I would like to see more women in jobs that people are like, "Oh, that's a man job. Like, why are you gonna go do that? Like, oh, you want to work in construction? Why would you want to do that? Mm-hmm. Or you want to be an engineer?" There's not a lot of women in that field like make people not think that make it a women field yeah mm-hmm. yeah like Break there was all. never a female astronaut until there was yeah. you know like yeah mm-hmm. i mean be the first be mm-hmm. the leader the more diversity you have in a role the better the product absolutely mm-hmm. yeah. uh you know it kind of when you look at like massaging uh product for launch and stuff like that you do focus groups you do things of that nature because you want to get as many perspectives as possible and so when you're looking at developing jobs for the future, I think that's uh, pivotal. If you really want those jobs to continue to be relevant and far flung into the future is still a thing, I think it's good to evolve and adapt those for, for different people to be able to do them because you're going to get a new perspective and quite possibly have a better way of doing certain things only by getting those different perspectives in the yeah. job. So, yeah, I think that's, that's pivotal. Mm-hmm. Before we get to our closing, just real quick. Is there anything that you would want us, as your male coworkers, to know <laughs> moving forward? Like, what would you love for us to keep in mind? What, what's when... what's your what's our what should be our key takeaway? Yeah, today. Um, I'll start. I think that both of y'all are just really wonderful dads. And um, mm-hmm. earlier you were talking about that's not a big deal for me to go pick up the kids. You know, that's part of you know being a dad. And I think that y'all are living as um, examples. 
And it's sad to say that from my experience, you're in the minority of men feeling like empowered to, you know, be, be an involved dad in every way that you can. And I just think that that's really great. And you're both so attentive to me personally, like my feelings, like how things are going and you're very much caring and uh, you listen well. So I think that y'all just keep doing what you're doing. And even you didn't have to have this topic for a podcast and you did. So that's really great. Full credit to Nick on that one. <laughs> is it is it bad that I just heard be a decent human? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, you know, inside joke if you get it, but Will Wheaton's rule for the internet, like that's that's number one. Nick's the only one at this table that's going to get that. Hey, now I understood that it, one too. All right, all right. My, my apologies, and I made a judgment, and I was wrong. I sit corrected. Oh, yes, there we go. Taking it in. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize you were a Trekkie. When growth oh, is mean. captured when growth is captured on a recording, that's when you know you've succeeded. There we go. Um, not that you guys don't already do it, but I would just say like if you're having a conversation with one of the girls here at the office, just keep in mind they might think differently or have different ideas or um, be thinking of something that you're not. So just keep that in mind and listen to them and then think before you speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> before mm-hmm. you say something. Um but I feel like I agree with Skylar. You guys are pretty cool. And- we, we, weren't, we weren't looking for compliments. We were genuinely looking to grow as humans. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But you guys are, are great, and I, I don't have a problem with you guys. I think you guys do a great job of it. I can agree with all of that. Um, I think just in general, one thing that is particular for me is knowing that I'm short, and I'm... <laughs> Sometimes I literally get talked over because people are having conversations higher than me. Um, But I think that, jokes aside, that sometimes guys have more forceful voices naturally Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. women do. And I see, not necessarily here, but just in general, um, women will get talked over because they're not hearing you or they're just saying, well, you... Um, maybe thinking in the back of their mind, you're not feeling as strongly about this as I am because you're not being as loud. Right. And so that is a thing that I've noticed kind of just in general with guys that maybe it would be great if guys could be more cognizant of that. <laughs> Did you say that? Cause you saw the soundboard and that Nick is like the lowest uh, on the settings here. I'm going to angle up. There you no. go. We're yeah. Get everything. Here. What's really sad is I'm physically doing this right now. And, and so you're still listening. almost peeking on yeah. the board. Right. Okay. Well, I will keep that in mind. No. <laughs> uh, this has been a fun podcast. This, this, this has, has been, been a blast. Yeah, a L- little longer than normal, but it's a great conversation. Thank yeah, you for, yeah. for Thank being for here. We, we truly appreciate the perspectives that you give, the work that you do. I mean, I I say this in, in all honesty. I mean, Maggie, you have just come in here and crushed the role that you are doing. You've yeah. been coming from the chamber world, but a, a much smaller chamber coming to, to one of our size uh, and just taking that de- department to it to another level. Um, Skyler, the work you've done just with with Nick on the on the graphics, on, on helping with the logos, and I, I will forever sing your praises on hustling heels. Thanks. I'm very passionate Thanks. about that because that was a program that I led for five years. Yeah, and I was more than happy to turn it over to be like, okay, we don't have to talk to Steve about the women's program. Yeah. Anymore. <laughs> But, but, but I mean, you've just you've taken it. And again, for the first time ever, we're having sold out events. We sold out the March event, the March 28th event. We sold out February 24th in less than 24 hours yep. like that. That, that 
just that's never happened, and, and it's a testament to your work. And, Thank you. And, and Meredith, Thanks. just the the work you do, uh, just at the front, just your your mm-hmm. smiling face, greeting people every time they come in, the way yeah. you've just you're so quick to jump and help and do whatever mm-hmm. you can when you know anytime every somebody's day. like, hey, can yeah. we help no this? Bad day. I know <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And so just again, we I, I am speaking for Nick and I here, but we we truly appreciate and uh, respect the work that you guys do, and and not just as co-workers but as friends as well and just we're, we're grateful that we get to work with you guys every single day and again for those listening that's maggie matushka that is skylar rutherford and that is meredith alvarez <laughs> I got the name on the back page i realized and no one called me out on that I, did, I, did. So, <laughs> I also want to encourage everyone to like subscribe share this via soundcloud spotify apple google youtube all of the social media. We try to make sure we get this release out uh, to you all in, in many different forms so that you all have that ready to go. We'll, we'll put it on cassette tape if you need it. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Whatever we need to put do. it on cassette tape. We will make this work. We're going to have some show extras again that we'll put out just like last time uh, in the comments for you all to take a look at some things. Uh, if your company's looking at ways that you can celebrate uh, Women's History Month, uh, or even get into uh, the official International Women's Day. Feel free to check those out. There are some great uh, assets there for you to look at. And uh, just a real quick tease for our March 22nd episode is going to be on our annual celebration happening April 6th. Steve, I'll toss it back to you for one final word. One final word is we want a sponsor. <laughs> That's where we're at. So, no, again, thank you guys so very, very much. And uh, again, this is, this is a blast to record. Love having you guys on here. And so, yes. Meredith, we'll definitely have to have you back on. This is your first time on the podcast but definitely won't be your last for sure so she's a pro exactly (laughs) thank thank you all for listening and uh we'll see you next time on the chamber voice of business podcast see you later bye